which is really strange. Like I, 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 I met most of my girlfriends. <laughs> <laughs> Almost all of them. Almost all of them. Now the story of an eclectic fan base who lost touch with reality, and the one podcast that somehow holds them all together. It's the Substandard Expanded Universe. Welcome to the SSEU podcast. It is Labor Day. And like the rest of you commies, we are here to deliver another episode that will spark joy and tears. Mostly tears. I am, as usual, joined by Chris and Ryan. If you enjoy the podcast, please subscribe, leave a review, tell your friends and your enemies. If you have comments, questions or complaints, you can reach us at sseupod at gmail.com and at jvlast on Twitter. On today's episode, we are going to continue our discussion of movies from 1999 by spending some time talking about Ed TV, Ron Howard's satirical comedy that some critics have hailed as a harbinger of the last 10 years in pop culture. But more about that later. Ryan, have you made your peace with Andrew Luck's retirement? I have. I, I definitely have. A lot of Colts fans have not. Apparently a lot of Colts fans feel that Andrew Luck still owes them something. Well, I, when you think about it, he really does, right? What, money? He, he, his knees, his brain, his kidneys. He, uh, he, he owes that all to well, the people of I mean, Indianapolis. Chris, you have, to, you have to think about These people are taking, like, you know, they're taking a portion of their check every week and they're sending it to the Colts. You know, it just gets, it's like yeah. child support. It just gets taken <laughs> out automatically. <laughs> And just sent to the Colts, and just like you know, I'm they I'm have paying, a right. I'm paying him yeah. his salary. I he he owes me. He owes me something. I don't get like people like and most of my friends in Indiana and a couple of my brothers really like. I don't. They're not. They won't say that they're angry at him. They would say that he's a baby and a quitter. I and just, that he he really is obligated to play for them up until the very moment they feel like he's no longer useful, and then they can right. The, yeah. Like because they keep so people will say like, well, he signed a contract, and I'm like, yeah, the contract <laughs> is there to say for the duration of this contract, you play for us. You cannot decide. Oh, I'm gonna go play for this team because you know I don't like you guys anymore. You play for us until we decide that we don't want you anymore, and, and then, then you get cut. It, it, yeah, and then like and some of that money's guaranteed. If you want to stop but... playing for us? You have to stop playing football completely. Like you have to retire. That's what he did. So I mean, Colt didn't try to recoup like any any of his contract from him, and they and legally they could have gone after it, and they didn't. So to me, that tells me he probably had told them for a while he really wanted to retire, and they kept saying, no, no, why don't you think about it longer? Think about it longer. In life, there are things that you have to do, Poop. which you could probably think of some examples of these things. There are things that you don't have to do, like playing professional football. If you stop doing the things that you have to do, that's bad, and you could be considered a quitter. But if the things that you don't have to do do not make you happy, you should probably stop doing them. He says that, you know, there was just no joy in the game anymore because he went through a season previously to where he was injured the entire season and just couldn't practice. He, he, ba he basically sat out practice all week, every week, and only played in the games. And he said, if I have to do that again, I don't want to play. It's not worth it. To me, he's, to me, he's doing the honorable thing of retiring sure. when he's saying, like, I'm... I'm I'm not going to be at my best. My heart's not in it. Wait, so so yeah. to sum up, Andrew Luck hated the Colts so much 
that in order to stop playing for them, he just quit football. Yeah. Not just the Colts, the people of Indiana. He, he literally, he was like, it, well, I, and I mean, I didn't think that was necessary in the speech he gave. He was like, he was like, you know, I'd like to really continue playing football, but to the people of Indiana, fuck you. And <laughs> yeah, he didn't have to throw that in. Well, it does a little unnecessary. Well, Ryan, if there, the if people? there, if there is any explanation he owes anybody, maybe. Maybe his teammates, but that's between him and his teammates. That has nothing thing, to do with the fame. The thing is, his teammates are the ones who understand most. Oh, they're exactly. The only like, ones who actually have to like go NFL through. NFL players, they're like, yeah. yeah, you get beat to shit playing professional football. And, you know, if he's like, doesn't want to go through this anymore, I totally get it. I don't really want to either, but, you know, I still need the money or whatever. So I'm just curious, Ryan, how many, how many ACL surgeries have you had? I've had a reconstruction of the ACL on each knee. On my right knee, I've had three arthroscopic surgeries to clear out cartilage and one on my left knee. Yeah. So that's a total of what, six, six knee surgeries? surgeries, three ACLs, six surgeries. Yeah. Do you want to share at all what rehabbing's like? I did it the first, the really bad one I had, I did when I was 18 years old. And you bounce back pretty quick when you're 18. Yeah. But it was it was horrible. Like, and I've it's something like I've still not recovered from that one. Like that one was worse. Right. Than... Yeah. You 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 rehabbed. Um. Well, not at 18. At 18, you were rehabbing to be a basketball player. But the subsequent right. ones, you rehabbed to be a dad, not a not a professional athlete. Right. Well, the the one I had on my right knee, right. I had when I was 30, which is, you know, basically what Andrew Luck is right now. And yeah, I can't imagine. I mean, it, it's it, having to go through that, and just just like the fear I have with both of my knees of constantly just like being something that I'm always thinking about. I can imagine if there were people diving at my legs all the time, <laughs> you know. So I just I just don't blame him for not wanting to put his body through, you know. Further, I mean, what is another five years going to do? In the way he plays, he clearly can't like right because he he plays all out. He to where you know he gets outside of the pocket and yeah. he sees he sees someone coming at him and instead of tucking the ball and going down he tries to make the play and then takes exposes himself taking you know a worse hit and he clearly can't stop doing that because he's always going to want to make the play since he can't stop playing that way he just has to stop playing altogether so, so two things. So, so first, so the rehabbing is the reason you're not a professional basketball player right now. Yeah, then, yeah. If it wasn't for the rehab, I was like, I, I was talking to the Celtics, and and I just said, <laughs> it's just you know, I, I'm just gonna keep doing what I'm doing. No thanks. Uh, but, but so, so when Andrew Luck uh, retires, he he keeps the money that he had earned prior to that, but he doesn't get anything right. in the future. So, but there was like a, a big portion of his contract was a signing bonus. That's okay. it's so, prorated throughout the years of the contract. So he gets signing bonus, you don't get up front. You get the money up front, but it's like, if it's a five-year contract, it's spread out through those five years. Okay. Um, so technically he would have to pay ba- that back for those years that he's not playing. Right. And they said, like, keep, they said keep the money. So, so, yeah. but, but so is it like in the NHL where if you, have, if you have a five-year contract, you can be paid 10 million, 10 million, 10 million, and then like five, five, five? Or... Football is totally different, Thomas. It's, oh. it's different than any sport because contracts are not right. here. It's different than baseball. It's different than basketball. A, a team can cut you, and they don't have to continue paying you. When someone signs a contract, they always talk about what the guaranteed money is because the other money doesn't doesn't mean anything. 
Right. Because like that, that is all subject to change. So if uh, a quarterback signs, it's like, well, he, he, he signed for, okay, they might say 120 million, but with 70 million guaranteed, like that's the important number. Okay. Right. So when Andrew Luck is now done with his baseball career, uh, what's he going to do? Like he yeah. graduated I from think, Stanford, right? So I think he said travel and spend time with his wife. <laughs> that's pretty sad. Fucking millennial. Thomas, uh, Andrew Luck is a is a football player, and that's what uh, right. But he never made it to the big leagues in Europe. He was stuck in MLS <laughs> or something. Yeah, <laughs> yep. Those MLS teams handing out twenty million dollars a year, <laughs> twenty five million a year. So, what is the disparity in the in the in the European soccer leagues between? Because some of those top players they make a lot, make make tons of money. But what is like the the middle tier guy? make depends on the league the median salary in the english premier league let's let's bring this i'm not sure the median salary in the premier league is 2.5 million pounds the average salary is just north of 3 million pounds okay but but this is skewed because of the big clubs like manchester city manchester united tottenham arsenal liverpool they Chelsea, they pay their players much more than a club at the bottom of the league. Power bottom clubs? The power yeah. bottom clubs. And, 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 and there isn't a salary cap, right? Like, that's, that's not a thing. The NHL might have a lockout next year. Again, for a, I don't know, third time in 15 years. Which, which would probably... It wouldn't kill the league, but it would severely hurt it. Again. The what? The, the NHL. NH- the National Hockey League... Mm. Um, Did you just make that up? <laughs> wow. Anyway, what sport? What sport is it? National Hockey League. I, I swear to you, this is the first I've ever heard of this <laughs> sport. <laughs> swear to you. Swear to me. When swear I come me. for Thanksgiving, we should make the drive to Minnesota and go to a wild game. Uh, a wild game. I'm gonna go hunt some wild game. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan, how did the how did you spend Labor Day weekend? Did you go to the pool? We did, for for the for the last time. Unfortunately, <laughs> okay. Right, what a mess! What a mess! Literally, what a mess! So, um, you know, we were, yesterday we were we were at the pool, um, just our community pool that we you know often walk to. The thing about the is. There's no bathrooms that are outside. There's a bathroom in the clubhouse, but you have to have like a key fob to get into the clubhouse. And we'd left ours at home. And so Jack was saying, like, I need to go to the bathroom. And I was like, okay, Jack, well, can you hold it? Because we'll just have to go back home and we're not going to come back. Just go in the pool. If we had to walk all the way home. And so that's what Rose was like, just like, just tell him to go in the pool. And I was like, I was like, no. I was like, you know, like they, if you go in, there's that chemical they put in there to where like, it'll change colors and everybody will be able to see that you, you know, went to the bathroom in the pool. And she was just like, that's that's not true. That's just what they tell people so you don't pee in the pool. And I was like, are you serious? Because I was like, I've been needing to go like since we got here. And I was like, are you telling me that that's not like a thing? No one will know. She's like, yes, just just go. No one will know. And I was like, okay, okay, okay. And so Jack went, and then, like, you know, I I gave Piper to Rose, and, you know, I wanted to be discreet, so, like, I went, like, to the corner and to the bottom of the pool and, you know, 
pulled my shorts down and just started. But <laughs> I mean, everybody knew because, like, I mean, almost the whole pool was brown. There were chunks of corn just floating around. I mean, it was. Boy, my goodness! When they they called staff from the community center and they were pissed. They thought it was one of the kids, but then when they found out it was me, oh. yeah, they they took a picture of me and put it up and just like they said, like if you see this person, call because he's not allowed in the pool anymore. I was so mad at Rose. I like she was mad at me. Like I don't understand why she was mad at me. She told me. She told me to do it. She said no one would know. But you, you didn't so. have a way of collecting the debris in, in any mm. way. It was it, it was loose. It was. I bet if we talked to her, she would have a different story. Um, <laughs> yeah, this apparently because uh, you know she hasn't talked to me since yesterday, so I, I don't know. Um, I don't know what she. I don't know what her problem was. Like I. Are, are you I, sure she didn't mean that? You should go pee in the pool. I mean, I just asked her if I could go to the bathroom. I just said I'd go to the bathroom. She didn't, so that's, I didn't... that's that's on her then, right? She said, "Just go. No one will know." Like she said, the water's not going to change color. There's no chemical that changes. And I mean, I don't know if it was the chemical or if it was the feces, but it was brown. Everyone knew. Everyone knew. That's for sure. Gross. So it was embarrassing. So it it sounds like Rose needs to be more specific when she she gives advice to Ryan, uh, which leads us into our next segment where uh, our advice column uh, was was a huge hit. Creven, uh, was that Creven? Creven, yeah, yeah. I, I think he really appreciated the the ideas that we had for him, and and they. I have, hope so. Uh, yeah, I hope they've helped him out. We have another letter, email. Smoke signals. However, they delivered it to Chris. So, uh, Chris, uh, what uh, what do we have? Dear SSEU podcast, my twin sister is rude, obnoxious, condescending, and uses any opportunity, public or private, to vent about how I've let her down. Never buy her presents, etc. It's embarrassing and hurtful. She now includes my fiancé in her barrage of cruelties. When I'm around her... I'm generally anxious and upset. So is it totally breaking all rules of etiquette to pass over my twin and ask my lifelong best friend to stand as maid of honor in my wedding? I'm a professional woman with a wonderful husband-to-be and lots of close, amazing friends. To say the least, my twin and I do not have a good relationship. Am I to be subjected to her unkind behavior on such a happy day because it because it is the quote-unquote proper thing to do? What scene would be worse? The one my twin will inevitably cause, or the one that I cause by passing her over? From social convention. So, I'm curious about in in which way the the writer here has uh, let down her sister. I think that would be important for us to sort of Make a make a decision here. Uh, the twins sure. does sound like a terrible person, though. I must say. <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> I I think they both sound like terrible people. Yeah, I don't know. Like it's it's hard to say because we're only getting social conventions side, but um, I don't know. I, I I 
you know, I do love the idea of of social conventions in general, but I mean, <laughs> your your wedding day is is your day, right? Like, and and yeah, so yeah, I understand there's yeah, certain expectations. That, that's but fair. It's but your day. That yeah, but she also has to. She's stuck with her family the rest of her life. Like she has to think about the relationships there and how it's actually going to work out. Well, sure, but but I mean, it sounds like the relationships crap soup. Um, I mean, not to allude to Ryan's pool story, but um, it sounds like it's pretty much crap soup anyway. So, like, <laughs> can it get worse? Maybe. So, so Chris, what what would you what would you suggest? Um, I, I think like I, I think this is a really hard question. Um, it is. It's, it's there's a lot to consider. Um, you have, like you said, the future. There's the um, the idea that. Um, you, you want to have a good wedding day. You don't want to, if you feel like your sister is just really cruel, you, you don't want to ruin your wedding day by have someone, um, you know, like what's your speech going to be? Like, like this passive aggressive, you know, maid of honor speech, like uh, criticizing every aspect of the wedding. Like, do you really want that? I, I would say that this is something that, that you should just really prey on and really just spend, you should spend a little bit more time in church. Just, just, uh, probably um, spend a few months just going to church uh, more and and just just uh, yeah go to church more. That's my advice. Okay, uh, Ryan. I, I agree with Chris. I, I do think it's something you have to really consider seriously um, because it, uh, you know I, I don't know how near uh, you know the bus goes. You know you need to get yourself a good map of the bus routes and you know just. Really, you know, find a, the right bus that you want to step in front of. So that's, <laughs> and I would say for both of them, not just for both her and the twin. Just like push the twin in front sure. of the bus, jump in front of the bus. Yeah, but that's the only. That's really the only solution is is mm-hmm. to end this to to be released from this mortal coil. I'm I'm sick of it. So so I also think that it's it's a problem that both of them will have to address. So yeah, so maybe. Both of them would have to step in front of the bus, or maybe both of them will need to, you know, just, you know, go to a head doctor, seek help, get some useful advice, go lay on the couch, check into a mental asylum, spend spend a month there or something like that. Go, go to Arkham. As, as Trump says, we need to start building asylums again. <laughs> <laughs> Make America great again. Yeah. I think those are three options. Uh, yeah. Pick... pick uh, Either one or all three of them, and uh, hey, it, it should work. Yeah, and uh, if if you have um, something you need advice about, please um, send an email our way. We will um, we will address your issue. Yeah. So we did get an email. In right? serious, we'll consider it seriously, just like we did this one. It's not yeah. a joke. Yeah. yeah, but we did get an email, right, Ryan? We did get an email. So let me go back. Uh, so we got an email from a listener, um, dear SSEU podcast. My poop has been coming to life and singing to me. Do I need a doctor or a priest? Help! Love, Spooky. We talked about it. You guys know this. Uh, we were extremely confused about this email. Just, it doesn't make any sense. And I emailed him back. I gotta be honest, we're stumped. The uh, only thing we can think of is that this was supposed to be a good news, bad news email. And you simply left off the bad news um, we can't really help until you tell us what the problem is. So, Dave Chappelle recently released huh. a new special, and it has uh, caused a bit of a stir-up. Do you guys have any thoughts on this at all? I don't know if I finished it. I watched most of it, and I could... 
Is I it watched funny? It. Is it funny? A lot. I thought a lot of it was funny. Uh, some of it, like you could clearly tell that he was like going for the reaction that he's gotten, um, which I don't like. Like, like he's such a great comedian that I don't think he needed to. Because like I don't like that in comedy to where like he's where it's like, commentary. Yeah, if it yeah. or just if a comedian like knows what he's doing is like he's doing it to is, is cause he, to get a response. Um, is he needlessly provocative? He's on the edge of it because there's there's clearly stuff that he put in there just simply because he wanted he wanted this uh, this response. Um, but it is funny. Like a lot of it is funny, and I mean because he's you know one of the most talented comedians in the world, so. You know, even when he's doing, you know, trying to be provocative, whether needlessly or not, he's still he's still funny. You guys remember, you know, when he left his Chappelle show and left fifty million dollars on the table of her principal and went to Africa, and he was a hero to everyone. If he would have died, then he would have died a hero. <laughs> Lived and now that would like, be a good line from a he's a villain. I, I bet that's you know, a good way to write that into a movie. That's a good idea. I'm going to put it down. Live, if you like, how would you say that? Like, if you live long enough, well, you know, <laughs> you either well, you could say either or. You yeah. know, it's it's like you either die are, hero you either live. die, you know, as you know the hero. If you yeah. keep living, you know, don't you don't want to keep living? I think, you know, you'd have to figure out the right wording to yeah, kind of get it. Yeah. You know, more concise. Right. So, so it's, don't keep living because you don't want to be. If you keep living, you might be, <laughs> you might be the villain. So it's better to die a villain and live long enough to be a hero. Well, we'll workshop it because that's I don't. That's close. That's yeah. right. It's, yeah. it's on the tip of my tongue. Remember my uh, re- remember segment? Like, hey, remember the lady, the astronaut in the diaper that Ryan yeah, was trying that to that thing bump? that you got wrong. Yeah. We, we <laughs> well, I just I'm curious with, if our listeners remember this because we we've got some young listeners. Like, do you guys remember Rachel Dolezal? Yes. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Double ACP white lady who claimed to be black. Who claimed who like I don't know like got a perm and put on a bunch of makeup and pretended to be black. And right. She and say, both even of her parents. She's, out it, she's like, no. Both I of her parents are black. white. Like, yeah, both of her parents are, are like, not even, there's no, she, she's as white as me. Like, you yeah. know, both of her parents are white Blonde. Europeans. And so when when did all that stuff kind of come come up? 15, when, 14? Go with, yeah, that sounds right. 14, 2015? 15. I, I see 2015 here. That she was um, president of the NAACP chapter in Spokane. <laughs> From 2014 to 2015, when she resigned in the midst of controversy over her racial identity. So, if 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 you were still in high school in 2015, uh, or just weren't aware of things in the world, there is there's a, I mean, Google Rachel Dolezal. Look at her; she looks ridiculous. She looks uh, like she has a tan. She looks like she yeah. spent some time in a tanning bed. But she identifies as black, and um, I think she she's just obsessed. You know, with if it. there was ever a case for. You know, being angry at someone for racial appropriation or cultural cultural she appropriation. literally appropriated the race. Like these things where where truth is actually stranger than fiction. Like you couldn't come up with a story crazier than that. Like we we, we need to remember. You and wouldn't to, imagine. 
you wouldn't Don't imagine forget. that somebody, the president of the NCAA in double the NCAA or the NCAACP, <laughs> would be a, a blonde white. Remember when Miles Brand, president of the NCAA, pretended to be black <laughs> for a while? But but the thing here is that it's just so half-assed. Like at at least have a skin transplant. Make it make it look real. Right. A skin transplant. I don't think it's a thing. Oh <laughs> sure, it's sure. You can get anything done nowadays. <laughs> Speaking of Andrew Luck and our short-term memory, I saw a, a thread on Twitter where someone posed a question like, isn't this retirement so crazy? Can you remember the, the last time something this crazy happened in sports? And it's like, yeah. I don't know, 10 minutes ago? Yeah, like ten, or like uh, take that, that one guy who had a, a fake Hawaiian girlfriend who died. What was his name? <laughs> the guy from Notre Dame. Is that who you're talking about? Yeah. Yeah, Manti Teo. Manti Yeah. Like, that's that crazy. when I first got on Twitter when that happened. I had some great jokes about that. I can't remember. <laughs> For those who don't remember, that was probably the same period. Like, it, like Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, 2014, 2015. Did he get catfished? Did it come he out? Got catfished. He yeah. got catfished. Like, he had never yeah. met her, but like he had this like tearful story on TV yeah. about girlfriend who... Did she... Passed away. Passed, yeah. Did she die? Yeah, pretended to pass he away. Cancer, pretended to die, and so this like motivated him. And then it's so wait, out, wait, 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 wait. Like, it was, was just, he pretending, or did he just really not know? I can't remember anymore. I think the story was that he didn't know. I don't think he knew. Yeah. Like he thought this, like he thought he had a relationship with this person. It turns out, was it a girl or a dude or? It was a girl. A girl. There, but there was a there. I think no there were more than one. No cancer. Still alive, yeah. But I mean, I, I guess this this is a good example. That's of... right. She told him that she had cancer, and he went through the whole process of her going through chemo and dying, and he didn't. He never even met her. But <laughs> yeah. which is really strange. Like I, I've, I, I met most of my girlfriends. <laughs> <laughs> Almost all of them. Almost all of them. <laughs> No, but I think this is a good example of how our memory is so short these days that we right. we only remember a news cycle, and and right. that's like the I mean, the biggest thing. Something just nuts happens. All remember the, time. the whole LeBron James decision thing? Like uh, that was as big as Andrew Luck retiring. Like people were so pissed at the at the way he announced that he was leaving Cleveland to go to Miami. It's just that yeah. like yeah. he he hadn't told Cleveland what he was doing yet. And he and he had a show on ESPN, a special, to announce <laughs> what he was doing at the Cleveland like Boys and Girls Club, and then he announced, "I'm taking like, my talents to South Cleveland." <laughs> they were so pissed. They were like, "Why couldn't you have just told us <laughs> instead of like having a TV show about it?" To be fair, he did raise money for he a did trip, but, right, but, and uh, that's the thing yeah. that nobody like brings up usually, except for Chris and. <laughs> That he he actually raised money by doing it that way, but it you know he still he could have told the Cavs like hey just so you know I'm raising money but I'm not coming back. <laughs> but it does seem like every other year where someone walks away, um, maybe not at age 29, but wasn't there someone else recently who walked away kind Gronk of Gronk retired at 29? Yeah, good Gronk. Yeah, this year another guy. I think so that Gronk, like people Gronk don't care though open. because he told them like right. After yeah. the end of last season, he was like, "Hey, I'm not coming back." People are pissed at Andrew Luck because, you know, it's August. Transition. Uh, we have previously talked about a couple. We of... are doing an extensive 1999 
uh, uh, movie segment on our podcast. We've done this will be what? How many? We've got we got two. This will be this will be two. This will, yeah. It's, no. We're really, dig- we're, we're really digging in. Varsity Blues. What else did we do? <laughs> That's it. We just That's did Varsity Blues. All right. So we're doing our second film from 1999. No, that can't <laughs> be right. Year. We must have done another. No, we did not. We did one. <laughs> we announced that we were gonna do. <laughs> we told everybody we were gonna do a bunch of. We were gonna really get into 1999, and then we did Varsity Blues, and then. However many episodes that ago that was. It's too bad we only have, like, what, two episodes left? Yeah, well, yeah. this can't be right. We, we've done another. It's really hard to follow through. Like, we have... We have, we have not! What else have we done? Tell me. Let's, let's, let's count them out right now. I mean, we've got our <laughs> professional one. podcast license, and I've been, I've been working on getting uh, a permanent podcast license, and you know how hard that is. They're not going to let us do a season two. Um, all right, number one with a bullet, Varsity Blues. Number two. Varsity, the talented Mr. Ripley. The talented yes. Mr. Oh, Ripley. Yes, we did. we did that one. All right, this is number three. Number that's, three. That's a, that's a trend. What is that? They call it? Trend? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then I, I have watched Cruel Intentions ten times in the past week, so I think that counts too. Well, um, you know. What, you know, I've watched some things. I'm not going to tell you about <laughs> ten times. But. Okay, so we're doing we're doing NTV today. NTV had a budget of $80 million by A-list star director Ron Howard with Maddie, Jenna Elfman, Woody Harrelson, Ellen DeGeneres, and... Rob Reiner. And it pulled in $22 million. So you're saying it was not a hit. It was not a hit, and you wonder a little bit how Ron Howard got a job after it. Yeah, that's that, that was my first... After finishing watching it, I was like, how the hell did Ron Howard get... Yeah, I mean, I guess he was still living off of that Apollo 13 uh, cred. Uh, because, you know, he did Apollo 13. I guess this was his... As, as we talked about, we love the blank check. I guess this was his blank check movie to where he got to do whatever he wanted. And he's like, I want to do this movie about where the... You know, a, even though the Truman Show is only two years old and they just did it, and that sucked, but I'm going to do it the right way. <laughs> okay, so 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 first, let's let's put the blame where the blame belongs. the The reason why we watched this movie is because of Jason, uh, Jason Trash Bracket, who suggested you that we do so. You son of a bitch. So 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 you brought up you you brought up um both Ron Howard's filmography. <clears throat> Ron Howard, of course, uh, made his biggest hit. Well, I could I. I was born in the '80s, so I don't, I, I can't say what his big, but like Cocoon was a pretty big hit. He made it in yeah, 1985. I, yeah, it, um, I like Cocoon. It's so not movie like he was. They coasting. take Wilford Brimley's age from Cocoon <laughs> and they compare that to everybody because Wilford Brimley was what like 50, like 51 or something like that when he made Cocoon, playing like a a person in a senior citizen's home. He wasn't even a senior citizen. And so they'd say, like, you know, Tom Cruise in, like, the most recent Mission Impossible was the same age as Wilford Brimley in right. Cocoon. And, and so and Lucy Liu there's, there's a Twitter the account. Right. Line, yeah. yeah, there's a Twitter account that that uh, that uh, tracks every actor who passes the Wilford Brimley. That's Wilford Brimley shocking. has been 80 years old for 30 years. Yeah, Ryan mentioned Apollo 13 and came out in 1995, uh, was was uh, well-received. 
Um, Ed TV came out in 1999. His next film was How the Grinch Stole Christmas, which crept out every single person who watched it. Is that um, the Jim Carrey one? What? Which, Are you Jim kidding Carrey me? One? He went back to back with Ed TV <laughs> and How the Grinch Stole <laughs> but, Christmas, and he's still working? And his next film was Academy Award winning A Beautiful Mind. Right. Overrated. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Yeah. I am not a fan. I mean, The Beautiful, and so it's, the beautiful yeah. Mind is fine, but it, it did not deserve to win because Best Picture. So he did. He did Cinderella Man, which doesn't seem to be well liked. I've never seen. I've never seen um, Cinderella. He did, uh, and then he did uh, Da Vinci Code, uh, <sighs> mixed in Frost Nixon. So, uh, are you he, kidding me? He has an what a garbage career. <laughs> and do you know what his next? Do you know what his uh, upcoming project is? Hillbilly Elegy, which is are you just serious? interesting. Yeah, they're why I, they're going to turn that into a movie. I the, don't know. The JD Vance book. Work. Yeah, the JD Vance book. <laughs> so I don't know anything about it. Amy Adams is going to be in it, which if, you, if you're going to get like a now a big Trump supporter, so I don't understand how they're. I, I, so I'm about to blow your minds. So How the Grinch Stole Christmas made 260 million. That seems like a lot. Well, love them. They're they're. It was a Christmas Christmas movie. It had a hundred and twenty million budget. Yikes! So it barely. It probably just. They probably made, like, a little money off of it then, right? Wait, so are we deciding here that we're not Ron Howard fans? Is that... I think so. I think the only good thing he's done is Apollo 13 and Arrested Development. It just being the narrator of Arrested Development. So my understanding is, Ryan mentioned uh, The Truman Show, is that... that, um, So they came out a year apart, and that Howard was aware of, of... the Truman Show as this was being developed because obviously like they don't make a movie in a year like it takes it takes a while to develop it to to go through script rewrites and to cast it to, to plug people in but but my understanding is that they're like oh it, like it's okay that they have the same similar topic because um, this was supposed to be a comedy and um, it was and the, that that uh, Truman Show was was going to be you know, more more of a serious movie. So and so, when they did the rewrites, they cut out all the funny parts. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. So this is a trivia on IMDb. So I don't know how true this is. Um, when the Truman Show turned out to be a big hit, Universal insisted that the promotions for this film make it look like more of a broad slapstick comedy than it actually was, and that's what this attributes the the box office failure to. Is that like they they were worried each other? Um, they weren't concerned because their film was a comedy and. Well, I mean, they're different movies. They didn't need to. I, I don't feel like they needed to change it because, I mean, it seemed like they wanted Ed TV to be based in close to our reality. I uh, mean, the uh, Truman Show was wait, like they created an entire yeah. world that Jim Carrey lived in, and he didn't realize it. Like they're not. They're not. You know, they could have. If they tried to, if their attempt to make it a slapstick comedy is because of the Truman Show, then uh, that, okay. was, that was a terrible decision. So, so let's slow down. Chris, can you can you briefly summarize the plot of Ed TV? Briefly, briefly. What's it I about? Can't. What's How about, about just summarize? So, so the, the movie opens up with Ellen DeGeneres, who is is kind of making a last gasp pitch um, to Rob Reiner. She said, "Like, what if we, you know, like the TV isn't." Their, their TV channel isn't doing all that well. I think it's just a an obscure cable channel, right? Some California it's like it's branch a network channel. Something. Yeah, it's just a uh, this and like looks like if she doesn't pitch a California hit, job's York? gonna go away. I think it was San Francisco, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, that's it. There yes. you go. And um, and so she pitches like, what if we follow a guy around? Like, what if we, 
like and they're like oh with like the interesting stuff like like the real world or you know just you know do you, you big brother do you cut it um because the the idea was out there but but no one had ever done like let's follow a guy around for the boring the nail clipping and, and in the 20 we, years since they still haven't but go ahead yeah but but she's like let's let's do this and they're like well if we get the right guy we can do this so so we cut to um at a bar a pool bar where we have brothers Matthew McConaughey and Woody Harrelson playing pool and a, like literally right right away Woody Harrelson's like I want to be in the show and Matthew McConaughey is like, that's dumb. Like, why would you ever want to do right. that? He he, he doesn't <laughs> want to do it, later, so clearly he's the right guy to do it. Right. I, let me, hold on. I have a comment about Rob Reiner and Ron Howard and the way they portray TV people. Because this yeah. was in 90, 1999 before the, you know, great TV awakening. And it just kind of, like, shows, like, how movie people looked at TV people. Because... Rob Reiner plays the TV executive like a complete heel, like he's a he's yeah. a shit bag. Yep. And you know Ron Howard. To me, this just like shows them like looking down on TV people, like oh, this is how TV people are. But we're 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 movie people. We don't we we don't we don't act this way. We believe in art. Yeah. yeah. We... And then they made this movie. And yeah. <laughs> all right. And see the yeah. brothers. Uh, and then you have. Woody Harrelson is dating Jenna Elfman, yeah. and uh, right away you could see that they're not a good match. And this was uh, the height of Jenna Elfman's um, Jarma and Greg. Yeah, it was like in the she, middle of it. Yeah, she was right in the middle of that. So and, she, and so she was this, cashing in here. And, and you know, what is your typical beautiful blonde? What, what sort of work are they in? Yeah, she's a she works for UPS. She's <laughs> yes, <laughs> she's the package carrier. <laughs> that was a strange choice. And Woody Harrelson even comments like, "Like, oh, she works for UPS." He's like, "But no, she's not one of those people that loads the like one of those big people that loads the the packages on the conveyor belt." Like, oh, she drives a truck. Oh, she drives a truck. Yeah. <laughs> Did you see the other day? I think it was the New York Post had a story about the hot UPS driver that's yes. driving New York City nuts. <laughs> they show a picture of him, and and like it made me wonder, like. You know, they joke about how, like, in New York, a, a 10 in Atlanta is, like, a 6 in New York. That made me wonder if it's the opposite. Yeah. Like, <laughs> a 10 in New York is actually, like, a 6 in Austin or something. Yeah. Or Minneapolis. Not, like, like not, this dude was kind of gaunt and, um, <laughs> I, yeah, I don't understand. Maybe he's funny. So we're in, we're in the bar, and Matthew McConaughey seems to be... This uh, I never watched the movie, but he, uh, later on he was in a movie called Failure to Launch, where he's kind of this kind of this man child where um, yeah. her, the, the girlfriend tries to get him to grow up a little bit, move out of his parents' house. Well, he doesn't live with his parents, but he's he's kind of a he works at a video store. Yeah. Um, he's he's drinking a beer that's like in this neck thing and playing pool. Well, I'm saying neck thing. It's like. Uh, he's got a string around his neck. And he, he's, he's wearing a necklace. Beer, a necklace. He's wearing a necklace with a uh, beer koozie on it that's yeah. holding a beer. So he can keep playing pool without putting his without putting beer his down. Beer. You know, efficient, it's it's practical. That's what's important. You don't want you want to be you want to reach. You know, you want to reach to your neck. You don't want to have to reach down to the to the pool table. Yeah, heavens. Yeah, no. So uh, for some reason. At the very bar that they're playing pool at, uh, they're doing essentially auditions yep. for this new reality show. And Woody Harrelson's very excited about it. Matthew McConaughey's like, I would never want to do that. That's like, that's dumb. But Woody goes over and he tr tries to make a good impression 
but he's kind of a he's kind of a dick. He, he tries to pull Jenna Elfman into the audition, but she really doesn't want to. And then he starts to tell a story that involves his brother, right? And that's when he pulls Maddie in. Yep, and Maddie right away, I guess, is really um, charismatic. My gosh, is he charming. I guess he's super charming, and as soon as Ellen sees that, she's like, there's our guy. Yeah. (laughs) That's our guy. He's not done anything. He's on screen for, like, I don't know, 30 seconds, and she's like, oh, my God. That's our guy. That's what she says. Like, like, he's our guy, and pitches it, and um, Matthew McConaughey, who established firmly that like he would never want to be on a show like this, does a complete 180 and decides to be on the show. They do essentially zero background check on him. (laughs) Like, you realize that a few scenes later when they're like, who is this guy? Like, what's he doing? (laughs) And Ellen DeGeneres is like, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. uh... Which is like, if you're going to put someone on the screen for 24 hours a day, don't you think you want to know who it is? Like he it could have, like they were surprised that he worked at a video, yeah, video store. Yeah, like he, he could have been a Nazi, some sort of alt-right supremacist. He could have been right. a right. Like, you, you don't know what he is. <laughs> Very nice, Thomas. Very nice. Hi, Piper. I can't hear you. I have headphones on. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. Uh, all right, so all right, so go on. Can I talk for a minute about '90s bod? About what? Woody 90s. Harrelson? Yeah, Woody Harrelson. Like he's, Woody in, Harrelson, he's still he's in white men can't jump stay, uh, shape still. Like which, he's, which means he's got like a little bit of muscle definition, and therefore he wears a tank top as if he's ripped. He when he went on <laughs> when he went on um, Bill Maher's show, he's wearing he's wearing that like half T-shirt that shows his stomach. Yeah, because he's promoting his book. Because he, he obviously he, he he writes a book. What was it called? It was my brother uh, pissed on me. My brother <laughs> pissed on me. <laughs> writing the writing the script. Like they're they're like, all right, he's gonna write a book, and it's gonna be it's gonna be like a takedown of his brother. What are we gonna call it? Uh, my brother pissed on me. I mean, like, <laughs> are, are we writing this movie? Like, <laughs> Yeah. And, and and even though Woody Harrelson isn't well character, like his characterization isn't very good. Like they don't give, like he is the most fleshed out character in, in that he's just kind of a jerk. He's yeah. a bad boyfriend. He's he's a jerk to, um, Jenna Elfman. Um, he all he wants to do is like use Matthew McConaughey's fame to kind of advance himself. Right. Um, but but, but, but my, point, my point is, I want, I want to stick with '90s bod in that like I think he was supposed to be like. Like a a fit, um, like just the way he's always lifting weights and he's wearing like and he's got like these itty bitty muscles. Like today, like everybody, like friggin' uh, High School Musical dude is has like guns. Yeah, like yeah. just everyone. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's today. He's sort, of, he's sort of like he's 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 like uh, lean and mean. But yeah. Now it's like everybody's like just like jacked. That's yeah. Well, bulk. Yeah. N- not only is he supposed to be fit. But his lifelong dream is to open a gym. To open a gym. So clearly they established that there's some chemistry between Jenna Elfman and and Matthew McConaughey early on, like right from the start. And so when Matthew McConaughey shows up at Woody Harrelson's apartment and like the cameras – and Woody Harrelson knows that Matthew McConaughey's got this camera crew. He wants wants the camera crew. He wants the fame. Yeah. And they show in his apartment, and there's this girl, like, just wearing nothing but underwear. And then 
Woody Harrelson goes on to explain how he picked her up and how he had sex with her and how he couldn't stop. But then, like, he knows that he knows it's going out on live TV, and for and for some reason, he also explains to Matthew McConaughey how he wants her to explain to his girlfriend <laughs> Jen Elfman, like what what happened that he couldn't help himself. And I'm just like, what are you, you just? Like you just explained how you just like picked up this girl and banged her, but he's like, just tell her, just tell her, just tell her, and I'm just like, and it, what was his excuse? Like he couldn't help it. That's what he. I couldn't help it. What he said is like, he's like, listen, I know that I cheated on Jenna Elfman on TV. And, yeah, and I know it's on TV now, and you're Maddie, completely humiliated. But don't apologize for me. But look, I couldn't help it. You know that. <laughs> you know me. <laughs> then he's I like, no and then he's like, I gotta get back in there. <laughs> no remorse whatsoever, but tell her I'm sorry. <laughs> and so Matt Matt goes over, and instead of well, he does apologize, but he ends up making out with Jenna Elfman, right? Yeah. yeah. yeah that's Meanwhile, the first time. Um, at various points, we are we are shown the audience for this TV show. Like we are shown, there's this black couple <laughs> that are like alternatively. Like, at first, it's just her into it, but then, like, the husband likes it, too. There's this gay couple. Yeah, Um, because the husband wants to defend... um, He wants to defend Woody Harrelson. The husband's defending Woody Harrelson. I can imagine if Rose and I are watching, like, something and... You know, somebody's behaved the way that Woody Harrelson has behaved, and then I start defending. Like, come on! Like, he's just—that's—he shouldn't have done that to him. <laughs> we we see a sorority house of girls that are just gaga over yeah. MTV, or over um Matthew McConaughey, and we see basically a frat house. And then we'll cut every once in a while to see Ellen DeGeneres. And another thing that has changed since the '90s is um they cut to Ellen, and she's on a rowing machine. Smoking. <laughs> like, out. She's smoking. A- and like, drinking, like mixing margaritas or something. Margarita. Yeah. <laughs> Which is just a novel thing to smoke and drink while you're exercising. Like, yeah. <laughs> I don't know why I've never thought of that, but yeah. um, that's pretty phenomenal. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But Ellen is uh, in the beginning, for the first few days, she's the only one who believes in this. Other people at the network, they start to want to pull the plug. Uh, but this relationship sort of gets the show really popular, right? Even at first, like when he wakes up and he's got the morning wood. Um, <laughs> there is so much airtime oh for gosh. Maddie's crotch in this movie. <laughs> uh, like, why did they have to do... They did four scenes of him waking up and, like, grabbing his junk. <laughs> yeah. Like, so, so not only did, did he have morning wood, but they're like, look, he has morning wood. <laughs> and then... He shoves his hand down his pants because I yeah. guess he plays with himself in the morning. <laughs> I guess that's just part of his routine. It's just Have good you said TV. That, like, there's four scenes like this. This is why there's never been a 24-hour-a-day, you yes. know, just following a normal person reality show because it would be boring as hell. And oh, people, yeah. what people would watch would be a a, a one-hour clip show that condensed right. an entire week into. The best parts of an entire week. Can I say something without you getting mad at me? What? Like, I, I know you and Maddie are, are good yeah. friends. You're close. Yeah. But in this movie, I fail to see his charisma. Wait a second. Are you serious right now? He's describing how he, he put a mirror on his clothes hamper so that when he's taking a dump, he can still watch TV. Like He leaves the door open. He flips up the lid. And, like, everyone's supposed to just love it. They're like, yep. 
Oh, like what? Like, uh, it be- I guess that that accent is supposed to be really charming. Like, but, but it's clear that we're supposed to. He's supposed to be magnetic, right? Yeah, he's supposed to be. But he has. Doesn't he have like the the thing? He does like he's like, or something. Doesn't he yeah, do that? Yeah, he like clicks. Yeah, and he's like this accent does a lot for the lead. Yes, yeah. but then then we get to a turning point in the movie where Ed goes on the Tonight Show with Jay Leno. Right? Shut up, Thomas. You Elizabeth listen to me. Early. You listen to me right now. Matthew McConaughey is a superstar in this movie. He is the best <laughs> part of this movie. He is. That's a low he's bar. The reason that this movie got made and they let it, even after watching it, they let it go out in theaters <laughs> because Matthew McConaughey is a star. He's a movie star in this movie. Like the scene where, like the the scene where she's like goes in the bathroom and shuts the door on him and and, and gives him the paper and they're like oh there's a look there's a paper there's a poll that says who the people you should be dating and he just all he does he opens the paper and he doesn't say anything he looks at the list of the people uh, of of who America thinks he should be dating he says he he says so much by by just by not looking, saying anything by just looking at that list. That is a movie star. And just like looking down the list. So you're know. saying, I think I agree. If he would have been mute the entire movie, it probably would have been better. <laughs> I'm going to be mute the rest of this show. <laughs> I, are you guys serious? You didn't think that he was good in I, this? I, I, I didn't was, say he wasn't I, good. He was I didn't say okay. he wasn't good. It's just like a, he's clearly supposed to have all this charisma. And, and it's like, there. It's him there. describing if like inventing a way to watch real America. TV while pooping, just you would have seen it. <laughs> I like how, okay, so this, I like this how Austin is real America. Uh, but go yeah. on, Chris. <laughs> so this, this movie I guarantee is... you, Sarah Palin, uh, she she watched this movie and she loved Matthew <laughs> So this movie is oddly obsessed with with uh, hair plugs. So Ron Howard's <laughs> brother <laughs> plays the producer in the truck. And for no reason, like we're given like a small, a few glimpses into his house or into his his life. Sorry, where where he's like, it zooms in on his awful hair plugs. Where you there's like, I don't know, like scabs at the bottom of of the hair follicles, um, in in his hairline. And he like even calls someone in the clinic, and he's like, I I know I have more payments to go on here. And, <laughs> and the other scene that I was just like, why are we seeing this? Where he's he's on the phone, and he says. You want ten dollars to walk my dog? <laughs> we, had a, we had a deal, you little eight-year-old bastard. You know what? Just keep my dog. Yeah, I was just like, what? 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 Why? Why is this part of the movie? Like, what? Make any sense? I was. I, that was his. His. Maybe he had a. Big, maybe in a previous version of this film, like he had a much bigger part. And they're like, well, let's give him something. So maybe, yeah. So, and they're just like, all right, let's cut yeah. out the whole backstory. What, what, what part would that have been? Like, what role could he possibly play? There's probably like another was hour of the movie. To be where Ellen we... DeGeneres was he? <laughs> was he originally Ellen DeGeneres's character and the, and like acting like this? Like, I could see like going back and forth between him, you know, like pitching this show and treating people like shit, and then, you know. Eh, but just him being the camera guy of the truck, or, or like yeah. the, the director of the truck, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, all right, so so Maddie goes on with Jay Leno, and then backstage, he meets uh, Elizabeth yeah. Hurley. 
Jay Leto was terrible in this, <laughs> his, like, his jokes. Like I, I almost threw my drink at the TV. <laughs> when I was like he but. was typical Jay Leno is what he was. Like that's that's what late night. I used guess so, to be. but it's saved worse than I've never. I never watched Jay Leno. Like obviously, like it, it. You know, late night talk shows. It goes Craig Kilborn, David Letterman, and then down from there. Yeah, and, and so so it's obvious that uh, Elizabeth Hurley is. Uh, she's an actress. Of her powers. Yeah, they should yeah. have just made her Elizabeth Hurley. Like, why? Did they, yeah. why, why did they just make her into somebody? They should have just been Elizabeth Hurley. Yeah, no, she's just a random plane. model, actress, whatever. Right. An inch deep is her character, like where she's clearly just like wants to bang him because he's a star at this point. Yeah. Like, he's and a legit that, star, we... and like she, 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 um, she's into him. But then, like, she's willing to receive a call from the TV station to, like, meet up with him later on in the movie just just to just – it's, like, she's basically the worst person. They were like, okay, Elizabeth Hurley, we need you back for a little bit later in this movie. <laughs> yeah. and where we get the great line from Ron Howard's brother where he's like, we are go for sex. Yeah. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? But when they are about to have sex, Ed – Falls off the table. He falls off the table. And <laughs> squ- the cat. squishes the cat. Was it RuPaul? Like, <laughs> RuPaul, like real actual RuPaul, which I was kind of surprised about for 1999, is, is like, it says what, what like, he, he like, you know, like put a hurting on her pussy or something like that. <laughs> but I'm talking about her cat. They should have just had more RuPaul and less Jay Leno. Jay Le- RuPaul should have hosted Jay Leno's show because... The, and, and they kept cutting to the studio where they had Michael Moore and Ariana Huffington commenting yeah. on EdTV. Yeah. yeah. Right. Like they're on, they're on some news panel. Consistently commenting <laughs> was, on it. And I don't think Michael Moore wasn't a complete joke in 1999 yet. I don't think. Like after... I don't think he'd done, you know... What was that 9-11 movie that he did? Um, Fahrenheit. Fahrenheit 9-11, which was just full of, like, completely made-up things. Maybe he had some respectability then, but why would he be in this movie? So so the, the whole reason they have Elizabeth Hurley is that, uh, in the movie, is that so when things don't go well between uh, Matthew McConaughey and Jenna Elfman, they could bring in a kind of a, a, a third person here to kind of make Jenna Elfman jealous um and uh and 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 Maddie falls for Hurley uh literally as he is about to, as they're about to bang he falls off the the table and and breaks the cat's spine or something um, but, but meanwhile, and they take else, the cat to to the 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 veterinarian hospital in an ambulance on a stretcher yeah, yeah. and immediately they're like, like oh yeah they, the cat's it's not dead it's just you know severely injured <laughs> but but meanwhile there's this other thing going on where um maddie's uh biological dad shows up dennis hopper uh is like yeah i'm your dad um you know i'm sorry for everything and and you you kind of like you feel bad for him until he's like i remember everything about you maddie like or ed whatever like i like and then he describes his story and he's like uh yeah that was woody harrelson like that was woody harrelson and um, so you realize that this guy is not a probably not a good dad. And so the right. stepdad, and I had a problem with like he's like so mad at his mom for like he's he's like her mom describes it as like well you know because he says you said my you said my dad left and she's like well 
maybe I kicked him out because, you know, he cheated on me a bunch of times. And he's like, you kicked him out? And I'm just like, wait a second, wait a second. People get divorced all the time. That doesn't mean he has to stop being your dad just because your mom doesn't want to live with a guy who's cheating on her all the time. He's still, he still left. She didn't say, you're not allowed in this state anymore. Like, he's... The dad's still the asshole. Like, all of a sudden, like, he's turned on his mom. Like, I can't believe you kicked yeah. him out for well, cheating so, on him. So, and you told him he's not allowed to be my dad anymore. So, so at one point, uh, his mom tells Ed she thought his dad left her for a nurse because the new woman wore white <laughs> shoes. White shoes. <laughs> so does grandma. So does Shaquille O'Neal. It's Shaquille O'Neal. Yeah, that's what he said. That was a good so line. So is Shaquille O'Neal. Oh, man. There were so many times I almost threw my drink at the TV. <laughs> so uh, so the mom has remarried Martin Landau. Right. Um, who's, who, who who's, is the second best part of this movie? Yeah. yeah. Matt McConaughey, Martin Landau. Those are the two that like don't embarrass themselves. <laughs> and so Martin Landau is in a wheelchair. Um, and uh, he actually has a relationship with Maddie. Um, Maddie gets a call that his dad. D- did he know that he died, or just that he like he that was he's in the hospital? Yeah. He's in the yeah, hospital. Yeah, he had a heart attack. He's in the hospital. I'm sorry, they don't say his dad. No, 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 no. They, yeah, they say, they, say they say your dad. Your mom was having sex with your dad. That's what the, that's what they tell. That's when the hospital calls. They generally <laughs> say they're like, yeah, your your mom and dad. Your mom I don't think and dad. I think it was when he talked to the doctor. He gets right. There and the, the doctor's, doctor's like, like, "Yeah, they were they were boning they were hard. Sex. Um, they they were really like, you know, your dad was taking your mom from behind and like just couldn't take it. <laughs> like, why is she telling him? <laughs> he made sweet love. Um, yeah. So he's he's he discusses their their um, so love making in Landau dies. He he yeah. assumes it's Martin Landau that is dying. Martin Landau shows up at the hospital. Maddie's like. I thought you died. <laughs> and and um, so he realizes that they his mom... They figure out a different way to, like, make him be confused at who's dying that the doctor has to tell him, like, your parents are filming him. <laughs> so, so, um, so he realizes that... And his mom's excuse is, well, Martin Landau can't have... Like, you gotta excuse me. Like, Martin Landau can't have sex. <laughs> <laughs> My husband... For however long he's been my like husband, thirty years, he, he can't have sex. Like, so of course like, it should be okay for me to bang your your dad. So after the hospital scene, uh, we we get to so uh, Jenna Elfman has left. She doesn't want to be on the show. She's sick of it. But then at some point, Maddie sees Jenna Elfman and chases after her uh, and catches up to her and promises to end the show, which sets up the last I don't know fifteen minutes of the show. Where Ed wants to get out of it. Yep, and and Rob Reiner as the evil TV exec is like, you can't end the show. We're gonna make you go on forever. <laughs> and not only that, that's like, legal. What is the contract that they have <laughs> with Matthew McConaughey? Where like, if you don't continue living a a, a regular life, like, because Matthew McConaughey says, well, I'm just gonna sit in my apartment <laughs> and not do anything. It's going to be boring and nobody's going to want to watch. First of all, your life is already pretty boring. People, if they if they wanted to watch you doing the bullshit that you already do, they're going to watch you jacking off in your apartment 24 hours a day too. But Rob Reiner's like, no, you have to live a regular life. It says that in the contract. (laughs) (laughs) Or else 
like you don't get any money or whatever. <laughs> like, like, why is he I just like okay? You. Well, you've already given me some money, so you know whatever. I'll I'll, I'll I'll take no more money than you've already given me. But no, Matthew McConaughey's like oh fuck, <laughs> like I gotta have. I, I got to have all the rest of that money you promised me, so I'm going to keep living a regular life. And then, okay, what happens next? He has a genius idea on how to get out of this. He is going to give $10,000 to the person who can give him oh, right. the best the best dirt on the producers of the show. <laughs> Stop taking notes by this point. Yeah, and, and he's going to announce it live on TV at 9 p.m., <laughs> And uh, hopefully he's like going to blackmail them, essentially. He's going right. to get this dirt. And the, the dirt that he gets is that one of the producers has to pump a liquid into his penis to get an erection. <laughs> and it's clearly Rob Reiner. Right. Yep. Because, Rob, he, because before hearing the specifics of it, Rob Reiner's like, no, we're going to stand strong. No matter what it is, when we're, what dirt he has on any of us, we're going to keep... We're going to let him say it. But then as soon as he starts going into specifics, yep. Rob Reiner calls whoever the hell he calls. Yeah. <laughs> like, he like grabs a phone and instantly it turns off. Yep. Right. Like the show stops somehow. So clearly. So it's clearly him. Uh, and he gets this. He gets this from Ellen who has quit the show because it's immoral. Rob Reiner's like, yo, I'm, uh, I'm like, apparently people know who Rob Reiner is. So. He doesn't want it being out there that he pumps a liquid into his penis to get an erection. <laughs> so it seems like consensus here is that this is a trash panda movie. The only it's good thing terrible. about it is Matthew I think, Ma- Ma- I think I think the script is terrible. Matthew McConaughey is forced to execute some terrible lines. But any I, I, my only my thing about Matthew McConaughey any of the emotional scenes or any of the scenes where he has to convey something without speaking any of the terrible dialogue that's written for him i I say like he's a superstar like the the scene with martin lando at martin martin lando calrissian at the end (laughs) with martin lando at the landau at the end where he's like saying no you're my dad you you know you've 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 been my dad all right all right all right like that (laughs) Like, I totally bought that. Like, that was totally, like, I bought his emotion. That was, like, interstellar Matthew McConaughey, like, you know, conveying emotion by speaking very little. Because, like, it's not his fault the scripts suck. Like, okay, this guy is, like, a movie star. Why was he just given romantic comedies for the next ten years? He should have been given better roles. Do you want to talk a little bit about his filmography? U571 is next. Which I never saw. It was I don't know if he played a main. I well, I forgot about that. I saw that once, and it was I don't know. I was oh, two thousand. I was eighteen, so I can't say but, what. But yeah, the the wedding planner. The wedding planner. Reign of Fire. Some some Frailty. dragon movie. Frailty. Frailty. Frailty is a good movie. You okay. should watch Frailty. Reign of Fire. He's the best part of Reign of Fire. How to lose a guy in ten days. Ten days. Yeah. That is the. Um, that's like one of the first movies Rose and I saw together. Um, Sahara. Sahara. I've never seen Sahara. Actually, That's, uh, he plays on, Dirk Pitt. Yeah, placed on the Clive Costler novel. Uh, uh, two for the money. Two for the money is. Oh my gosh, that is that is terrible. I've seen it 
Matt, uh, uh, both both Matthew McConaughey and Al Pacino are garbage in it. Okay. Failure to failure launch. To launch. So you're, I think when you when you say um, rom coms, you're talking How to Lose a Guy in Ten Days, Failure to Launch, uh, Wedding Planner, Fool's Gold. Okay, Fool's Gold. Um, he's in We Are Marshall in 2006, and I think I think We Are Marshall is the first time when people were like, "Wait a second. because he plays he plays the coach that comes in after the team disappears in a plane crash. I think that's the first time people thought, wait a second, this guy, this Math McConaughey guy, like he's, cause like he's inspiring. I mean, he so played, was, was that the beginning? Would you say so. of the McConaissance? Yes. Yeah, okay. that is because then we you got, Tro- then you got Tropic Thunder, Tropic Thunder. He's a comedic. He plays, um, he, he plays uh, Ben Stiller's agent in Tropic Thunder. And he's just like a ridiculous version of a Hollywood agent, and he's really funny in it. So MTV, like David Sims claims, does it? Is it the harbinger of reality TV? Is this? Does it predict I, the future? Does it? I don't know how much credit I want to give it for predicting anything. I mean, we already had Real World. Um, we we had other reality TV shows at the time. To me, it was saying like, "This is what's happening. It's gonna, it's gonna come. It's gonna become, you know, there's gonna be 24 hour a day re- reality TV shows, and people are just gonna watch it. People don't want to watch reality. They don't want to watch real life. People still do not want to watch real life. They want to yeah. watch like because we know all of these reality TV shows. They're all scripted. They're yeah. all way overproduced." They're not reality. Like the producers know exactly what they're doing when they cast them. Yeah. They take a bunch of crazy people, heavily edit the, you know, the the, the footage to get what they want. And, and, and they're really cheap to make versus a scripted show. You don't have to, I would say the only, the only, the only like 24 hour a day reality TV show, like that just follows like one person in real life that people will watch is called the president of the United States. And, <laughs> and it's, it's mainly on Twitter. <laughs> You're right. Yeah. Check out this excerpt from a classified briefing <laughs> and then post a screenshot. <laughs> Jason, thank you for recommending this movie. We suffered and through it. Also, Jason, fuck off. <laughs> 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 that is it's no surprise that this is one of jason's favorite movies <laughs> that is all the time i believe we're giving to this episode is there anything else before we wrap i think i have an outtake college friend who would say i had a visit from ed last night and what he meant when he said ed is uh, it was an it was uh, an acronym for explosive diarrhea oh my gosh <laughs> anytime he had explosive diarrhea he's like ah, i think ed's gonna come to for a visit this afternoon <laughs> we'd be sitting there at lunch and he'd be chowing down on whatever it is that 
that is so good that he can't give up. Oh, uh-huh. Chicken wings, I can't give you up. And he's like, I'm going to have a little... Ed's going to come visit tonight. <laughs> oh, my God. So I, can't, I can't even meet someone named Ed or hear the name <laughs> without thinking about explosive diarrhea, which is... Oh, like, we're, we're a poop-themed podcast, but, like, <laughs> the vision of, of not just diarrhea, but explosive diarrhea <laughs> is just a powerful... Uh, image in my mind. Thank, oh, thank you gosh. for that mental image, Chris. Uh, you're welcome. I'm glad. I'm glad we got that in. <laughs> you, you know who else went to ORU? Michelle Bachman. The, she really, yeah, she's she probably bought in like mm-hmm. totally. Did. We scrim, yeah. we we scrimmage them in basketball. Really, fifty-one. Yeah. yeah, we. I mean, we got no. We scrimmaged their their second team. We didn't scrimmage their varsity. The the one thing I know about them is that they used to have separate oh shit, what do you call that? Like separate times when you have to be in bed. Or Genders. Like in oh, your okay. room. Uh, what do you call it? Curfews. They had separate curfews for like, the boys and the girls. The girls really? curfews like six PM. The the girls were like seven PM and for the boys it was like ten PM or something like that. Did I did I tell you this? We also scrimmaged a prison inside of a prison. <laughs> you did not tell us. Yes. This. Yeah. We played we played a prison basketball team inside of a prison in Missouri. Did you get your asses kicked? Because you guys are like terrified of getting shivved. No, we actually we we actually, we actually won, uh, but. Yeah, like the like. Like you didn't want to make in, it like physical, definitely. Like, pris- like, prisoners were also like you know sitting in the bleachers, and <laughs> like some of them had like handcuffs like on their uh, wrists and ankles. <laughs> what? <laughs> and what? What? what oh, hang on. So like, what was it like playing there? I mean, it took us forever to get inside. That's the most thing that I remember is sitting, like. Uh, just processing everyone and like they had to check everything we were taking in. It, it it took us two hours just to get inside of the prison, like through the visitor center or wherever the hell we went in. Um, but yeah, it was, I mean, it was kind of like, I, I don't know. It was kind of insane. Like the gym obviously was like this tiny little gym. And then, you know, we're playing against prisoners who, I assume we're on good behavior. <laughs> I mean, they're, they're like they're like men. They were like you know, throwing elbows. What, was it, was, the, were, was, was this man, an exhibition were, game? Like what was this? Yeah, 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 yeah. It okay. was a, it was a scrimmage. Um, I guess that uh, Baptist Bible College does it every year. Uh, with the, uh, but yeah, like that was I did it one time, and I mean it was just it it felt like so surreal like that like this isn't really happening and like but yeah like and then like the prisoner like the bleachers are right there and the fans were prisoners and like <laughs> some of them were like fans get yeah, rowdy like they're it, they're firing it, it, rubber bullets down on them <laughs> like some of them you know had like some of them were just like you know had had were just sitting in the in some of them are on the bleach, death row the, and then but then but then some of them you know were like chained up like their wrists and ankles were chained like, up. We're, we're gonna and let you like, sit ten feet from right. it's just, free people, it, it, but we're gonna chain you up. 
it just seemed like, well, you know, if they can't sit there without having that on, maybe they should like have to watch from outside. Like, do they? <laughs> but that's insane. Yeah, I mean, I there were no like nothing, you know. What? I, nothing happened. Like the guys were like the the other te- the guys on the other team like perfect gentlemen. Like honestly, like until, all of them were like the showers were, after the game. Completely, they were really excited. To <laughs> it did seem strange. They, it did seem strange that we had to go. <laughs> we had what? to go in the communal showers. Was yelled a lot. Fresh feet. <laughs> they, they were like picking you out before the, the game. Like <laughs> shower with Ryan. <laughs> shower, buddy. I know that I I know that I hit five three pointers, but the first one that I hit within like of like a minute of the start of the game was from the top of the key, and I banked it because (laughs) I was like I was like so uh, yeah exactly I was like so jacked up I shot it like way too hard and it banked it. Do they have square, uh, uh, like rectangular backboards, or do they have like fan backboards? No, they were like wood, like rectangular backboards. But yeah, they were they were the wood backboards. Um, and the court wasn't the court wasn't like wood either. It was the like tile. No, it wasn't tile. It was like a. Um, it was all. It it, it could have been. It could have been a rubber of some kind, um, but yeah. it was it was just like there weren't there weren't any rivets. It was just like all one piece. Yeah. And, but it was terrible. Like, and you had to get used to it. Yeah. Um, that's all I remember. But yeah, like on the Did players vaccines before going in. <laughs> the players on the other team, they were all like the guys that played were, for the most part, they were all. Or, I mean, not even for the most part. I can't think of anything, like, negative that happened. I think they were all, like, nice. And I, cause I'm sure, like, like I'm sure, like, being on that team was probably some kind of privilege. And so if they did anything. They're all very nice. They were buttering you up for, for the shower time. They're grooming you. 